Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by my bombastic betting co-host, Mozzie. How we doing? I am. Uh, I'm, fe- I'm feeling solid about uh, what we've gotten here for this weekend. It's only it's only six games, so it's a lot easier to really, really just like go full dig dug on it and like get to like the core of the earth. You know, dodge some of the snakes, all that stuff, right. and get all you need on these games. So, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm feeling froggy. I froggy. Gotta... Sticking with the uh, arcade games, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, be jumping up and down through these cubes like Qbert, because these games are are squared. Well, actually, only one of them is squared because it's boring. <laughs> but I actually got to sit down and go through some of the matchups and look at you know all the head to heads. It was nice. Um, so I went over, got some bets placed in. It's, uh, you know, it's wild card weekend, right? So it's one of those where there's always one that no one expects. Mm-hmm. Virtually. I mean, pretty much every year there's one. There Maybe sometimes there isn't, but for the most part, there's one, there's usually one game everyone gets wrong. Yeah, and that's always the weird part going through it, especially like, I always feel terrible when I'm going through wild card weekend and I don't have an upset. I'm like, something's going to be wrong and I don't know what it is, but something's going to be totally fucked. And so yep. we, we do have one upset in here at least. So I feel a little a little better about it. Just I think just one, right? At the moment, yeah. There's We've got one upset and then one we're very torn on. Right. So, which I think Oof. is what everyone's torn on. But we'll go ahead and get into this here. Um Starting with some Super Bowl picks. Uh, and we both have the same Super Bowl winner, actually. We both have Cincy. Really? Oh, yeah, you're, we do. Okay. My biggest thing with Cincy was, like, actually this first round. Because, it, like, it, it was if Lamar is healthy, like, I have a real concern about, like, them, like this game. Because, like, it's it's a tough divisional game. But if it's presumably no Lamar, which the news we've just gotten from, him, from Lamar himself makes it look very much like he's sitting out. So I expect Cincy to get past the Lamar Huntley... Ravens, in which case they match up pretty well against the rest of the AFC, so I think they'll come out of it. Yeah, I do think that there's one or two teams that could throw a wrench into it, but right now I'm going for the classic 90s Super Bowl rematch Mm -hmm. of Cincy versus the Niners, which would be such a great Super Bowl. And you know what? It's the the Bengals went to two Super Bowls. They lost both of them because of a guy named Joe. Actually, I think the first one was Joe. I don't think the second one was. But that <laughs> Joe really fucked them over. Well, now the Joe's on the Bengals. <laughs> the Joe's on you. The, the Joe's on the other foot, for whatever that means. <laughs> um, so yeah, the Joe's I like and the that. other cop. If Cincy and San Fran was the Super Bowl, I would like Cincy there. Because you know what? San Fran's secondary sucks balls. And they get great pressure. And we've seen that Joe Burrow does not matter how many times you sack him. He's still going to be putting up numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that would be a really great one. I think that realistically, there is only two NFC teams that I believe in to go Same. all the way. That's <laughs> San Fran and Philly, right? Yeah, Philly. Philly was my is my initial pick over San Fran a little bit, just because I think, mm-hmm. assuming like I think yeah, Philly and San Fran would have to match up, and I would take Philly there at the moment. Uh, the big factor for me being Hurts over Purdy. Oh yeah. The reason I didn't, because I agree with you, is I think Philly would beat San Fran head-to-head, is I think there's a shot Philly loses to one of their division rivals, and they don't end up uh, facing each other. Yeah, San Fran needs Dallas to take out uh, Philly. Yep. Or the Giants. Just, you know. (laughs) That'd be hilarious if the fucking Danny dies on a Super Bowl. (laughs) I don't know how, like, what I'd even do with myself at that point, but... um, yeah. Is, could Danny Dimes be any more of an incarnate of Eli Manning if he has a good playoff <laughs> run? Could he be any more similar? <laughs> oh, man. The, the issue the issue is that the Giants defense of those runs is way better than this current Giants defense. <laughs> but, I mean, their defense is coming on a little bit. But, yeah, Dimes is very much like <laughs> if Eli had wheels somewhat doofy tall lanky white quarterback doesn't really impress you but also is winning games so you are like okay with it has the disaster gene has the that's, disaster that's gene, the biggest but, one but also the mario manningham david tyree like catch amazing gene it sometimes you know short circuits so it's kind of back and forth on which one it is is he going to house it, or is he going to trip over the Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> sprinkler, you know? Oh, God, I love it. If the Giants win against the Vikings this week, I'm just saying. Just <laughs> One of the saying. funniest things I saw about the Vikings was, like, a prediction of them getting to the Super Bowl and, like, how it all goes. Like, they, like, that that game with the Giants goes super close, and the Vikings win at the end with Justin Jefferson. And then the Cowboys are up 20, and the Vikings win. And then, like... The Vikings lose by 40 in the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, the most Viking way to do the playoffs. It'd be kind of funny. Oh, so, God. But, yeah, my, so yeah I've, for now, I my pick is Cincy over Philly. I do think Philly can make it to the NFC Championship game, but I do agree, like, that having to face your divisional opponents again. And, you know, stronger divisional opponents, you know, in at least with, with Dallas as a stronger divisional opponent than Seattle is, I would say, pretty objectively. Um, but... Yeah. Yeah, if because if, if San Fran and Philly match up, the the way to beat San Fran is like that good O line and receivers like AJ Brown and Devonta right. Smith. So oh, yeah. and a running oh, yeah. quarterback like Philly matches up great against San Fran. No, they do. And the only way I have this happening is that Philly has to lose in the. Uh, I think their first, yeah, their first game. Yeah, that, yeah, that would be their first game. Yeah, Fred, they, they have a bye. It's wild yeah. to think about. Um. So yeah, we have pretty pretty similar predictions. <laughs> it, it could go off the rails very because the AFC is is a lot better than the NFC, and it's kind of funny that we both confidently have went with Cincy. But I know, right? It's just because Cincy matches up well against the two other juggernauts. Yeah, that being the Chiefs and Bills. So the wild card is something like the Chargers, right? Mm-hmm. Someone like them that could get in maybe they can beat Cincy. I don't know if they particularly match up well. At first thought, they don't, but... 
<laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah, I'm looking through. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, because the like the Cincinnati has a good run D, but the Chargers don't run, so it's kind of like uh not exact same as Jacksonville, but similar. It's got it's a weird, it's a weird matchup. Right. Some some cursed franchises meeting up. But, <laughs> um, getting into this though, we've got our Saturday games. Starting off with a divisional game of Seattle at San Fran. Uh, who you got here? So I'm taking San Fran in this one. This game's very interesting to me because Carol beats up on Shanny. Um, that rock, paper, scissors that we do, it's Carol beats Shanny, who beats McVeigh, who beats Carol. And it just circles forever. But the but. I don't see the Niners offense getting stopped in this one. So I think that Seattle will be able to do some things on offense because of how their offense is set up. I don't like San Fran's corners and I love their pass rush and I love their run D, but like Seattle's run blocking kind of sucks. So most oh, it's of their, so run, bad. their run game is basically because of Kenneth Walker. Mm-hmm. So like that kind of isn't that affected by San Fran's good run D because it's all sort of on a one-on-one matchup of if Kiwi can, you know, outplay guys, and he mm-hmm. can. We know that. And then the other thing is that, yeah, Gino's going to be running for his life, but if he can just lob it up to DK, DK's going to be able to come down with it. So there's there's some offensive potential from Seattle here because they kind of, like, mitigate a lot of San Fran's <laughs> defensive strengths with their own sort of, I don't know, inability to be like to do things the traditional way (laughs) (laughs) um but even if that does happen which i think that can that can with you know seattle's offense working better than i think people expect i still don't see seattle's defense being able to stop san fran in any Mm -hmm. facet which is why take in san fran and probably taking the over in this one yeah the the total's 42 that's that's probably yeah, but I think it might be about right. That's about. I don't think the games they're. I don't think the first two games have even gotten to that, have they? I don't um, think so. I know the first one did not. I don't know if this last one right. did, but I thought it was like just under that, or like at thirty-eight or something. Yeah. The spread is nine and a half. Do you think they cover that? Uh, that's really close. Uh, that's one I'm not necessarily betting. I'm taking San Fran to cover because like a ten-point victory wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I think if I had to pick, I would pick Seattle to cover. So here's so here's kind of my little thing with Seattle. So it's unfortunate for them that they lost Marquise Goodwin and have only two receivers that should be on NFL rosters, really. Um, <laughs> but, and, and also, the, the the biggest bummer for them is not having Will Disley. Honestly, I think his absence is, could be like the biggest issue for them here because now they're running out Colby Parkinson instead of Will Disley, which is a downgrade. But... I expect them to run two tight end sets and like and or like a six lineman almost the whole game. Uh, last week, they only had a third receiver on the field like 30% of the time, and they ran a good amount of two tight end. They did a, they did a lot of two tight end in the, in the most recent San Fran matchup. So I, I think they might do it almost the whole game because going from like Derek Young or Laquan Treadwell or Cade, whomever, like oh, to Colby God. Parkinson, like isn't really much of a drop off, like receiving wise. I think uh, like they might mix some guys in, like 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 put Treadwell in for some unique situations, but 
for the most part, I think they're better off having that extra blocking with Colby, presumably him and not Fant. Um, <laughs> you don't want Fant blocking, but I it will probably because they don't they don't really use a fullback either, so it's gonna be like probably two tight end, two receiver for the most part, and you know QB out there. So I I think they can. So like I I believe they'll do that a lot, and it's kind of been trending that way. I think that benefits them because it. So one of San Fran's better corners is in the slot. I don't remember who it is, but one of their better corners is a slot corner. And so if if he's not really uh, being used to cover a receiver, which I guess you could also say it's useless in a sense if he's covering a third guy, but then if he's covering Lockett, like, okay, yeah, Lockett covered by someone good. But then you can get DK or Lockett almost always on uh, Armoire, whatever his real name is. Um, Lenar, Diamador, Armoire, whatever. So, yeah. um <laughs> Their other nickel corner is Jimmy Ward. He's he's been solid. Traverius Ward. The, the rewards are good. Um, the rewards are good. Yeah. But the Armour has been the struggle point. So if you can pretty much get it to where it's Ward and Lenar on DK and Lockett and get a good matchup on one with one of them for sure, that's helpful. And then you've got your two tight ends with Fan, who's obviously the really good receiver. You're putting either Jimmy Ward or um, one of their safeties out on that and that's you know that could be a mismatch in Fant's favor and then one thing I'm super duper expecting from San Fran is a lot of corner safety blitzes here um if it's a lot of two receiver sets and also like I think that they're going to try to pick on Kenneth Walker and pass protection like he's been really good at it the last like month ish but he's still a rookie like rookie running back so I think they're going to try to throw some like weird corner blitzes, safety blitzes to him, which will probably be a lot of Hufunga because he's been kind of strongly in the in passing coverage situations. So if Seattle could run a fucking screen, I'd be like, this is how Seattle's <laughs> going to do it. But Seattle cannot run screens to save their life. And it's been a thing for like the last like three years, apparently. Um, yeah. Well, they haven't so, had a good line in three years. Yeah. Kinda, so. <laughs> that kind of helps for screens. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, you, you want to let him through, but not too quickly. Um, <laughs> right, if you let him through immediately, then you just get sacked. Yeah, so like I think they're going to try it and get Walker some receptions, but I, I don't know if they're going to be able to like outdo San Fran there. So like I think Seattle has like the pieces and can do the personnel to like mitigate like you said a lot of the San Fran defense strengths and right. get some good matchups for DK and Lockett. And like I, I DK is my my banger here from. Seattle. Yes. And it makes a lot of sense because part of what San Fran does is um so Jimmy Ward being the nickel corner, he's all he's been their free safety as well for a while. So that's kind of what this and I think what you've seen with like the Bengals and other teams have done is they've essentially just brought an extra guy in. So they have their strong safety in the box. They get their free safety and another free safety they put in the nickel corner mm-hmm. to really just zone out that back end of the defense. Yeah, hasn't Tashawn Gibson technically been their like free safety? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so Gibson's been their actual free safety now, and they've moved Ward around to that nickel position. So that kind of sucks for Lockett because that's there's that's a lot of bodies <laughs> yeah so like, that's what that's my thought with the two receiver sets is like if they're going to receiver like there won't be as much like slot snaps for the receivers mm-hmm. in that sense so I, I i mean they may still move them out but i feel like they could find a, some 
weirdness with that because some guys are like really good in the slot and terrible outside and vice versa. Yeah, like, Lockett's just wise. good. Yeah, <laughs> but it sucks because his bread and butter is definitely that slot there, mm-hmm. and uh, that's probably not going to be available for him. So he'll still get some stuff on the outside. That I mean, yeah. like, he's still Lockett. There will there will likely be a point where there's a busted zone assignment and Lockett gets past it for a long one. Like that's, oh, yeah. that's the whole for Seattle is like you, you play it, you know, the, the DK slants over and over like D- I don't know how many yards DK is going to get, but he's going to get a shitload of targets. Like <laughs> I, I wish there oh, were like yeah. a targets over. I could bet on DK. Cause I would take like almost any number on that. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Plus he's a mismatch for the rest of their secondary. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're going to need, DK and Lockett big plays, and I like both of them here, honestly. But I like them both, but I like DK more. Just sort of yeah. path of least resistance, which is a, a trend I'll be re- going back to with some later matchups as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's like DK can thrive in the area that he's already best at, whereas Lockett will have to be in an area he's good at, but it's not his um, natural Forte, state. Yeah. yeah. And then rest of Seattle, I, I have Kiwi as a mash, but reception-wise, he could get there on, on that front. They've been getting him a little more involved. Um, DJ Dallas has been back, but, you know, Kenneth Walker is better. Um, <laughs> and I think the Seattle tight ends can kind of be in stream territory. Um, for DFS purposes, they're cheap, and Colby Parkinson is the minimum if you want to get freaky. So, freaky. San Fran side. So you've got the San Fran offense rolling. Um, yeah. I think we're on the same page on how they roll. Yeah, probably. A lot of Kittle because it's Seattle. A lot of running. So CMC. Brock doesn't really have to do a whole lot. In fact, he might not get sacked. <laughs> if I'm being honest. I mean, yeah, probably he, not. He, he might not get sacked. Uh, running backs is really interesting because I think you can double dip in it. Yep. I think you can do McCaffrey <laughs> and Mitchell. And if you were feeling real ballsy, I'd even say you could throw in Jordan Mason too. I don't <laughs> particularly love it, but I I would at 100% be on McCaffrey, Mitchell, a little bit of Debo, a good amount of Kittle, and uh, that should do it. Yeah, my I think one of the first lineups I did for the Saturday slate had McCaffrey, Mitchell, Kittle. <laughs> yeah. Just that that group, because <laughs> Kittle he he missed the first game, but he smashed that game he played in the second oh, matchup. Oh God, yeah. And like that was what we were, we were just waiting for that all year. <laughs> like it's gotta happen. Like please, I love when one of the best tight ends gets the surefire like tight end bad matchup. Mm-hmm. Arizona, Arizona, Seattle this year. Seattle. The Seattle one, I've I've again I know this is the one we went over in the preseason, but it feels nice that like. My Seattle defense take was like, they're going to be a tight end funnel. And it came to fruition. I was like, yes. Because <laughs> it was a nice thing to take advantage of before like everyone caught on after a month. It's like, oh, they're shit against tight ends. Oh, wow. They're not good against. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a weakness. That's what they exploit. Okay. <laughs> um, I do want to ask, do you think Kenneth Walker earned himself the Rookie of the Year award after last week and they got the win? I do. He He got like 29 carries. I I love Garrett Wilson. I think Garrett Wilson is incredible. I think that it is, this this is Kiwi's award. He's been so good. Yeah, he got 29 carries last week, and then he got uh, reception as well. So 30 touches last week. They're not in the playoffs without him. 
he yeah he's overcome so much bad o-line play like horrific (laughs) their o-line is bad and that's ultimately why like picking them would be really difficult even though yeah carol does tend to do well against shanny like yeah he was it's it's eight and four all time uh right it it was eight and two before this year yep so that's that's that that's probably a lot of why I, i got that weird like feeling but like there's nothing i could point to logically about it but yeah yeah this is this should be my third confidence game but it might be four i'm not sure it's it's tied for third i'll say but next up we've got what probably my second least confident game with the chargers at jacksonville this is yeah this is my second least confident yeah (laughs) i think i think we have the same we know which one is yeah (laughs) That's the universal in there. <laughs> but I'm, I started on one side, and after going through it for like an hour and a half yesterday, I switched, and I am taking Jacksonville at home to beat the Chargers by and cover. So yeah, I I was torn. A lot of my pick was Mike Williams pending. He hasn't practiced all week, so he's either not playing or he's playing off no practice, which. My, it's either with Mike Williams, if he plays off no practice, he either goes for like a hundred yards and two touchdowns, or like plays five snaps and leaves. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know what you're getting, but it's not it's not ideal. Like I'm, I don't know if he plays. Which also like okay, real quick, why did why were why was he playing last week? <laughs> I was so confused why the Chargers starters know. played last week. Like and they lost. Yeah, that's the thing. Like they played. And Mike got hurt, and they lost. I'm like, I, I figured they'd just rest, because, like, they had the five seed locked up. Just rest. Especially, like, especially Keenan and Mike. You're two receivers who are huge to your offense, who have been hurt all year. Who like, have struggled with injuries for the entire season. For their, like, well, Keenan has it in a while, but, like, Mike's career has been injury riddled, And Keenan's lost large chunks at a time to injuries. Yeah, especially Keenan, the variety. Yeah, he hasn't been, like, a injured every week guy keenan but like mike is yeah um and he either like plays through it or you know as you said comes on the field for five minutes and leaves but keenan when he gets hurt it's like bad and he misses a lot of time yeah he he likes to be and reasonably so like a hundred percent right before he comes back so with that why play them So, yeah, right now we've got Jacksonville. Uh, for me, assuming Mike Williams is out. If he's in, it's going to be tough. It's a tough call. Um, total's 47.5. I don't know. If you make me pick, I'm going to say under. But I think we both want to avoid. And since we're picking Jacksonville to win, we've got them covering 2.5. Um, banger-wise, I was going to say Mike, but if he's not playing, it's kind of hard to be a banger if you're not playing. Um, I would like Keenan, of course. Um, you can right. definitely attack the, the Jags in the slot. Keenan is like the cog of this offense. Yeah, I think he's the most important player in their offense, like aside from Herbert. Like I think he's more important than Eckler to their offense. I would kind of agree with that. It was wild how much worse they were when he was out. Like offensively, yeah. they just couldn't get shit going. Yeah, I mean Eckler's more of a receiver anyway. Yeah, he's like the sh- the wide receiver that starts behind the line of scrimmage <laughs> and catches the screen. Yeah, because I don't think. Keenan was there in the first matchup, and then yeah, so, so week three there was no Keenan, and Herbert was hurt, and then uh, 
but he played. His ribs right. were fucked up. And then their O-line was dead because they didn't have Lindsley, and then Slater got hurt, like, really early in that game. I know Bosa got hurt earlier in that game, too. So the Chargers were dead the first matchup. I think Slater got hurt in that game. Yeah, like, he got really hurt really early. Yep. Yeah, like it, first it was or a, second drive. It was it was a big bummer game for them. Yeah, and that so, first matchup was horrendous. That was like thirty-eight to ten. Yeah, I'm expecting a closer outcome here. Though, what about you? Oh, much more. I um, this game's really tough, and I've basically broken it down into the the two options here. Uh, in terms of the win condition, and that's kind of why I'm leaning the Jags, is I think they have an easier win condition. So this is this is my thing with this. The Jaguars can win this game with a much easier win condition. They can run the ball, run out the clock against a team that's terrible against the run, and they have a coach that's done it before, won like that before, with home field advantage in Duval County, which is a hard place to play. It's just their path to victory is pretty simple. If they can run the ball and run out the clock, they can win the game. However, (laughs) their secondary, that they're meaning the Jags, is not particularly great, and they're very good against the run now. That's kind of ah, flip-flopped from the beginning of the year. And the Chargers are awful at running the football. They're actually, like, horrible. They're, like, the fourth worst team at running the football. Eckler doesn't even have a 1,000 yards, and we know how good Eckler is. Yeah. It's because they don't really try. They have 405 rushing attempts on the year. You have teams like the Bears that have, like, 600, which they run a lot, but they're a good 100 attempts behind sort of the median of rushing teams. They don't really try, and they're not very good at it. And that's fine because Jacksonville's that's the best part of their defense. But it also shows a really badly imbalanced offense, which is tough to win with. Mm-hmm. So essentially, the Chargers' win condition is that Herbert has to play extremely well, and he has to put the entire team on his back with his wide receivers. And the passing game has to be electric. They have to be able to score and score quickly because the Jags are going to be running out the clock. They won't have other options to lean on if the passing game isn't working. So for me, this is sort of a a 45-55, 55 leaning Jags because the Chargers have a better roster, I think, overall. But the win condition for the Jags is a lot more like easy to get to from where they're at. Whereas I think the Chargers relies a little bit too much on your players saving the game for you. And thankfully for them, those players are amazing. Mm -hmm. That's Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Herbert. But if Mike Williams isn't there, that gets a lot more dicey. Yeah, you you need Eckler and Keenan to just be absolutely amazing. Yes. And the issue that we we kind of texted about was after Mike and Keenan is real dicey. Like, Palmer is average. Right. Like it, he's fine. He's nothing. He's not like your world beater, though. Yeah, but I think Everett's a kind of a key cog here in someone stepping up. Because like, okay, Eckler and Keenan, they're really good. We know they can be awesome and be amazing. I've, Everett stepping up is kind of the I think a key here as far as like matchups go, like stat wise, like personnel wise. He's actually in a really good spot. Um, I wasn't sure fantasy wise because I'm like, oh, if Mike's in, that's hurts his target share but if we're assuming mike's out then 
Everett should get more looks. Like, he becomes their third target after Keenan and Eckler. So, yeah, like, the Jags have been fairly weak against tight end. Not, like, horrible, but not really good. Like, the middle of the field, passing-wise, has been their biggest weakness. That's part why I like Keenan a lot, too. They've been susceptible on the outside to, like, good receivers. You know, like, so I think Mike would dominate. But, yeah, Everett definitely has to have a good game here for them to win. So, like, I, I put him under kind of stream category because the issue for him solely is that Parham's been playing some stealing work. So, it could be more of, like, tight ends step up than just specifically Everett. But he's kind of the, uh, you know, key, like, non-main guy that needs to step up for the Chargers to win. I also think that, like, Herbert's legs might play a role here, too, if the Chargers win. They, they might have to. I actually have a prop bet on him to score a rushing touchdown. Nice, yeah, because, like, he like yeah. he really can scoot. Like, I remember, like, actually the first time I watched him, I think against it was against Wisconsin, he had, like, two rushing touchdowns. And, like, none of his receivers were doing shit. So, like, he, he didn't have any, like, throwing stats. But he was just yeah. running all over the place. And, um, yeah, like, that might need to be a thing here. <laughs> I think it will be. He's He is going to have to run. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I think this is one of the most in- interesting games because I think this game determines a lot of things moving forward. If the Chargers win, they get to go to Kansas City, and they've barely lost to Kansas City in both times. Mm-hmm. If the Jags win, they have to go to Kansas City, and that might not um, <laughs> pre- present as much of a challenge. But I think the Chargers can actually beat the Chiefs. Yeah, the rest of the AFC is rooting for Jacksonville. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah at least i think we're both on that page but um on the jacksonville side we we both have talked through this we both have him etn oh, yeah. is in a wonderful spot the chargers defense had like a two-week stretch where i thought they might be fixing their run defense and then it went to shit again and then so, it stopped yeah <laughs> and like i've tried to like i think you wrote this in your two i've tried so hard to figure out what the issue is but i just i just don't know like I, I don't, I don't, I don't get, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it shouldn't be so bad. They've got some good guys up front. They've got Derwin James. Like the Rundy shouldn't be this bad. Like they've got Tranquil. Like I, it's, I don't know why it's so bad. It must just, it must just be the scheme. That's I, all I can think of. I think part of it is that Staley ran this defense with the Rams that was very reliant on having a dominant nose tackle. Mm-hmm. That is Aaron Donald, and. Their nose tackle is on IR, and their backup nose tackle is on IR. So they're on their third string nose tackle, and I don't know if that just Ooh, completely, your nose. yeah, just kind of like completely cripples the entire defensive scheme. But if that's the case, then maybe like change it a little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, their run de- defense is terrible. Yeah, the overall <laughs> defense isn't really like impressive either. I was looking through and like they've done like I'm gonna call it like the Patriots thing, where like you you beat on some of the bad teams. And like you hold down the people you should hold down, but and they then then they hold down like one or two good quarterbacks, and then like they get beat pretty bad by anyone decent. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this game. I I think it's I think one of the good thing about the playoffs is like when you identify the matchups that are like the obvious attack spots, it's sort of straightforward, and like the teams are usually gonna do the things, and the key players that they rely on and are going to do the things. So right. <laughs> it makes the DFS a little easier. As far as the Jags receivers, my favorite is Christian Kirk here. Um, slots, kind of easier part to attack of the uh, Chargers D. He also did really same. well the first time Jerry around. Judy. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jerry Judah last week was kind of like a good example of it. Because uh, was it? Was is Callahan hurt? Or I thought someone was hurt. Let's see. Bryce Callahan. Maybe not. No, I think he was fine. Um, oh no, he was missing last week, but it looks like he'll be back. Because he he was uh, he was listed with a groin, but I might have just been like some precautionary rest. I'll take a gander at the practice report. But I don't think I saw him on it, so like I thought he was set to play, which him being back helps, but I still think that's the more attackable spot right. for them. Um, Rash- yeah, he, boy, Rashawn he Slater has actually been designated to return off IR, but I think it's likely he's still out this week. Yeah, I. that's my guess. If they um, were to yeah, win, he said though, he won't play. they might get him back for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Staley already said that he won't play this week. So having it back for the Chiefs would be huge if if that if they get past this matchup. They're like, we just need one more week to get healthy. I know, and that's kind of why my sort of bold prediction is that if the you know if the Chargers win Saturday, they might go all the way to the AFC Championship. But if that they could also lose to Jacksonville. Yeah, <laughs> very a very a very wide range of outcomes for them. It feels like. Which I like, guess you guys that, but anybody, but yeah. Right. The last thing I'll mention is just, I, I mean, I like Doug Peterson here. I like him in this playoff scenario over Staley. I, I don't. I just, just he's done it before. He has experience. I think he's done a really good job with this team. I mean, to take Urban Meyer's ridiculous Jags team last year and get them in the playoffs, I think is really impressive. And uh, I kind of. I don't know. We might be getting to see Doug Peterson versus uh, his former master and mentor, the, the coach of Walrus Reed. <laughs> that that would be a fun matchup to watch. And with with the Jags, I was, I think there was there was some excitement early because I remember watching them like early on, like around the Chargers game and like the weeks you know two through five and like they're I'm like, talking about their offense and them being like pretty solid in terms of just like oh, like, they actually have a good offense. It's not just, like, some kind of flukiness. And it kind of dipped a little bit, and now we're seeing it click again, which I couldn't really, like, identify a specific reason. I might, there Maybe there were some O-line injuries I missed. But the offense, like, they are now back to, like, the exciting offense that I was getting, like, revved up about earlier in the year. So I'm, I'm glad they've gotten back on track because I was like, oh, no, was I, like, way too early on this and they're going to suck it? It was just a fluke. <laughs> but they're getting back to it, so... I'm, I'm so this is this is possibly the game I'm looking forward to most this weekend, especially the Saturday games. But I think this is probably this might be this is the most exciting game of the weekend, actually. Like at least on the surface. Yeah, I I kind of think it is. We'll get some really good ones next week. Oh yeah, uh, but we're missing a lot of quarterbacks this week, so things are a little easier on the eyes for the rest of the rest of the schedule. Yeah, man, it's a bummer we have a lot of guys missing, but yeah, we'd have, we'd have like a lot of banger games if we had full health. If we had Lamar or say Tua, man, poor Tua. I, I guess this is our transition to that game. We won't have him this week. I'm I'm glad for his long term career that he's not playing this week. Yeah, me too. Just because like we, I, I don't want him to like get fucked up again. I don't either, and he's had three concussions, and they're taking longer to heal, and, like, they're just adding up. It's, it really looks bad. It's generally concerning, yeah. It is. 
I want him to take some time off and get healthy. Yeah, assuming they lose here, like he'll have all off season to rest. Right. Get that cranium where it needs to be. So this game though, it looks yeah, it looks like we're they're eh, not great for them. Uh, without Tua, this offense is a big notch down. Um, there, a lot of like I mean, watching him, he's been solid, and like a lot of stats, basic or advanced, really support how good Tua's been this year. Obviously, the supporting cast is great, but I mean, Skyler didn't ball out, so like obviously, like, like there there is value and being a good quarterback in this office too. Like you have to be able to take advantage of like your weapons you've got as well. I will say though, it sounds like there's a good chance we can get Teddy instead of Skyler, which would Ooh. be nice. That would help for a couple bets because without Teddy, I'm probably taking the under and the Bills to cover and the Dolphins to get like ten points and the Bills to get like thirty. Um, but if Teddy plays. I could see myself hitting the over there and I could see maybe covering the spread of 13 and a half. Still taking yeah, that the bills. spread jumped way up once we found out Tua was for sure out. Yeah. Oh God. I know it, I mean, if it's Skyler that this is probably the least interesting game of the weekend. Yeah. Like if he's out, like sorry, if it's Skyler and Teddy's not able to play this game kind of becomes unwatchable. <laughs> Like I want it to be Teddy one because like I want Teddy to get a playoff game like that's fun that's that's a that's a nice story for Teddy and like it makes this game watchable he can actually like harvest value out of Reek and Waddle and I think he could be in stream consideration if he plays for the DFS slates and uh, it, yeah it would make this game a lot more fun so yeah, yeah. Um, fantasy wise that like for for the Dolphins I like Jeff Wilson a lot because it sounds like Raheem Mostert won't play oh. So, apparently there's, like, a chance he could, but he fucking broke his thumb and got surgery on his thumb. Like, I don't think he's playing. So, yeah. it's going to be a lot of Jeff Wilson. And the, the the Bills' defense in general has really picked it up. The run defense has gotten better since the middle of the year. So, it's not an amazing matchup, but if he's their only guy, like, they're going to throw to him, too. And, like, they're right. going to try to get their ball going, like, trying to get the run game going some. So, I, li- I like Jeff Wilson a lot here. Um, he's pretty cheap, TFS-wise, so you can definitely use him to fit a lot more around your lineup, whether it be just the Sunday slate or all weekend slate. And I think all weekend slate, he gets a bit of a benefit too, because there's a chance like Raheem Oster just not ruled out before the slate starts, which right. is was a huge benefit. Um, the, and then, yeah, the viability of the receivers for me fully depends on if it's Teddy, which, okay. The, the, the pretty much the quote was barring a setback, he'll be good to go, which okay. yeah, is a I lot more optimistic play. than it kind of was portrayed. Cause they're, they're, they, he said right now they're they're practicing and prepping for Skyler to start because right. like, they need to. But if it's te- like Teddy's already practiced, played, and it's not as big of a deal for him to just jump right in if he's good to go. Like they need the reps of practice with Skyler. Right. Yeah, and we know Teddy likes to dump off. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like the Jeff Wilson take. Um, is this a uh, like in terms of picking Bills players? I feel like. It's probably like just sort of the obvious ones. I I I don't like to really big brain it in matchups like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have a particular lean on like Gabe Davis or I like I like Knox a lot. So obviously Diggs. So the the Dolphins play a ton of man and Diggs crushes man, but like he hasn't hit against them this year. So I'm kind of willing to just bet like okay he's gonna hit this time around in Buffalo. Um, right. 
But I do also like Knox a lot. He's been solid against them. He's been getting more involved lately as the slot receivers have been less involved. And I think McKenzie might be questionable too. Um, like Knox has gotten more involved at the expense of the slot receiver role. Um, so I like him a lot. The matchup makes sense too. Um, it's kind of a decent way to attack them because they, they have some, some corner talent, but right. they've been kind of shaky. Like they've got the names, but the performance has been a little up and down. Yeah, because they have Xavier Howard. Mm-hmm. But I think their second corner... Like their, their slot corner is good, but... Right. I forget his name. So it's the K, I think. Crossin? Maybe. I'm pulling it up right now as you speak. It's loading. Um, could Cater Kohu. Oh, okay. So yeah, he's been really solid. Um, I think he might be a rookie too. So... Yeah. But aside from him, um, yeah, they've got Zayvon Howard. He's been a little up and down. And then Crossin, Keon Crossin's been struggling. So, right. Then we'll get some Digsby. I, I like Knox a lot personally. Um, because especially, like, if the Bills are going to stomp, we see a lot of times tight end and running back, like, do well in the stomps. So, I do also like Cook here. Yeah. Um, over Singletary. And I want to start seeing, like, I think the Bills need to try to get some run game of some kind. Like, with one of their guys, just get them reps. Singletary or Cook, whoever it is, I think it's probably Cook as he starts to take over. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can see that. And it's, I know it's the playoffs, that's an obvious statement, but it's the playoffs. Like, the guy who is better and the guy who, like, helps the team more is going to play more. Right. And I'm not saying that is always Cook, but there are situations where that certainly is Cook. So I think that, <laughs> like, we'll see more of him now that the playoffs are here. Like, they were getting him ramped up. More involved at the end of the season. I don't know what the snapshot will be, but like, and they now absolutely like I, I, you want to win every week, but like, you have to win now. So yeah, it's one of those things where I think like snaps will get more concentrated like on every team too. So right, yeah, I think this will be a fast game. <laughs> yeah, I said I, I just want Teddy to play, so it's a decent game. But um, yeah. both have Buffalo regardless. Moving on though, the game we have. No certainty on the Giants at the Vikings. Yep. For now, I've got Minnesota, just like because I had to pick something. Um, right. The total's 48, up a point since Monday. Um, so, decent total, though. Uh, Minnesota minus three. This is definitely going to be a pretty good game, I think. But I do, too. Fucky I way. think this is a really, really good game that's very close. The... I think it's going to be good in a different way than like Jacksonville uh, Chargers because that one's going to be like very, I want to say cut and dry, but like we're going to be like, oh, like very like football analyzed matchups, like things going like, oh, it's like, oh, we saw this awesome play and this coach took advantage of this matchup. They should. This game's just going to be like a fucking heart attack, I think. <laughs> so it's it's that Vikings meme of like, oh, time to watch my football team. And then like the whole time I want to kill myself. And then, oh, wait, we won. Like, oh, we won. Yay. <laughs> it's gonna be that for both teams throughout the game, I think. Yeah, I um. Here's the thing: the Giants, I think, have one of the best coaches, especially of the new hires. And O'Connell's done really well, but Dable has been fantastic. They kept up with the Eagles with their third stringers. Minnesota just fucks around too much, man. They, it's like three quarters of just ass, and then they. <laughs> But they're down by like 20 and come back at the very end. And that might work this week. But if it does, I think this is the last week that it works. 
and that's why I might be taking Minnesota minus three. I think the Giants are going to be winning this game entering the fourth quarter. I'll say that. After that, I don't know what happens. But I think the Giants are going to be winning this game for the first three quarters. I wouldn't be surprised. That's kind of like the Viking way, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're, they've got a great run game. Saquon is doing all kinds of crazy shit. Daniel Jones has been playing really well. He's and been running them all, too. I um I wanted to give a shout-out to Isaiah Hodgins, and maybe this is a shout-out to myself. I don't mm-hmm. know. But I, when he got drafted, I actually gave him a shout-out as someone I really liked, and he got drafted by the Bills. Um, mm-hmm. like a, obviously a very deep wide receiver room. Um, and I kind of forgot about that. And then I saw him playing on the Giants, and I'm like, is that the same Isaiah Hodgins that I like have <laughs> hype for? And it is. It's it's that dude. He's been playing really well. Yeah, he, I don't he's, know. He's been solid. They they've gotten a lot of good work out of like not I don't say like nobodies, but like a lot of late draft pick guys. Yeah, Richie James and Hodgins <laughs> and Slayton. Yeah, I yeah. um I I want to take the Giants. I do think they have a decent chance of winning this game, but I think I have to take the Vikings to win in the same way they have won for the entire season right now, which is to be losing and then win at the very end. <laughs> yeah, Justin Jefferson is just so good. He's um, very very good. It does look like they'll have Adoree Jackson back, so that'll help. That but does help. Their secondary is still not good enough. And um no. I think they'll have Leonard Williams. Like both these teams look like they'll have everybody. The only questionable is Cam Dantzler for uh the Vikings and I don't even know if he's starting anymore with that camera. He might be depth now i'm double checking but they're gonna have uh garrett bradbury back which is a really big one they've kind yeah, of been missing really him big. so that's pretty important mm-hmm. um yes yeah duke shelley's been starting over camp dance that's what it was um the weird it's very weird with the viking secondary because they have guys who like you would say oh yeah they've been doing well but then they just get burnt it's like it's kind of a weird thing of i think the personnel and scheme fit is just not there at all Agreed. Their secondary is very beatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they've been getting torched. Like, I mean, Dimes Dimes went over 300 yards passing, which he hasn't really done much this year. He gets a lot of he usually gets a lot of running, but it was all passing in this last matchup. And so with that, I want to get kind of into our banger streams, fantasy matchups, all that. I put Dimes as a banger Ooh-hoo. for that like passing it. matchup and like that running ability he's got. Um, he's been pretty solid I, I i didn't feel the need to put saquon i wrote i mean i wrote jay jeff but like saquon and justin jefferson obviously large parts of their team's success yeah offense kind of a given i do like hockey again here he's been so i kind of predictably he pushed Thielen to the side more or less um <laughs> he, he's been the number two he's been really awesome that's kind of want to reiterate how good he has been for the vikings and how good the vikings have been for him so yeah I'm, I mean, I'm glad for him. It's It's been a good transition for both of them. Mm-hmm. But on the Giants side, it gets a little more iffy. Um, I do want to throw out, though, I do think Thielen has an okay matchup here because the Giants play a fair amount of man, and Thielen is one man. But it's not like a, a lovely take. I would, I would prefer to go to one of these Giants receivers. And I've got them in the order I like them right now. Um, but it's not, it's not like a large gap. It's just like... I'm picking an order because that's what we do here. Um, Slayton and Richie and then Hodgins for me. I like Slayton a lot here um, in terms of like busting out a big play, keeping up with the Vikings. 
he's really solid. I mean, they'll have uh, Harrison Smith back, which will help prevent his deep play a little bit. But he he's he's the best receiver they've got right now active, in my opinion. So I like him a good amount. Well, yeah, because the Vikings are also missing their free safety. Uh, their rookie they drafted, Lewis uh, Sign. Scene, Sign, Cinema, yeah. whatever. Right. He will not be playing. That kind of hurts their secondary even more. Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah, and they and then I put Richie next. They've been pretty weak in the slot um, with uh, Shane and Sullivan. Because Duke, Duke and Pat Pete are, like, de- like good players. But, like we yeah. talked about, kind of the scheme fit, and they've just been allowing a lot of passing yardage anyway. Shannon Sullivan's actually just not playing. Like, he is, yeah, he's the weak link for sure. Um, so, I do have interest in Richie James in the slot. And that um, Hodge is, is kind of by default the third choice, but I don't have any issue with him. He's, he's been running hot on touchdowns lately. And so, my reason for picking Slayton over him, in terms of fantasy wise, is one, I like, I know, the, I like the big playability of Slayton, and two, Touchdown wise, Slayton's got like 700 yards and three touchdowns, while like Hodgins has like 400 something yards and four touchdowns. He's been running really hot in the end zone, <laughs> which he is a big target, so it makes sense. But I like that to continue, and here's why the Vikings' defense gives up a shit ton of yardage in the air, like through most of the field, and then it clamps down a bit in the red zone because there's less field. Mm-hmm. And they kind of get condensed down a bit, and they're actually better when they get towards their own. <laughs> their own end zone yeah um so when you get down there it's really useful to have a big bodied you know if the if the pass is right and the jump is right just an indefensible pass um with someone like hodgins but i also think that if it's not hodgins it'll probably just be either a tight end or saquon yeah i I wrote I wrote Bell and Drew here, so they they rested him last week uh, with yeah. the starters, which was actually like, oh, like giving your rookie rest in this final game with like your your main guys is actually pretty important. I feel like like they definitely value him a lot. So yep, and I like that's what's giving me worries about Minnesota is I don't think their defensive strategy is gonna work against the Giants that well. I think the Giants will be able to march down easily, like Minnesota lets them do, but they'll be able to punch it in as well because of how well they, you know, have Saquon and they are schemed and those big guys like Bellinger. So I, uh, I'm the Giants, like the Giants weirdly have like a lot of answers. Like when the field gets tight, because they've got Saquon and Dimes is running and some like big, massive targets. Yep. It's really weird. (laughs) Like stop talking about like, their lack of weapons, but how like it works against the Giants or like against the uh, Viking strengths there, right? So that's why this game's very hard to predict. I um I'm not confident in the Vikings, but I will probably still pick them. You could always bet like Giants first half or something. <laughs> that is kind of what <laughs> I'm gonna do. I thought about doubling down, doing Giants first half, Vikings fourth quarter. Um. Well, yeah. Yeah. This this game is very tough for me to parse. Um, like who's gonna come out on top? I do want to add though. I think this is probably like the best slash safest DFS stack for the Sunday slate. Just because the other two games might be large spread, like our large spreads could be tough times. Um, and then I think this or the Chargers Jags game would be 
as far as like the all weekend slate, it's one of those two for me. Right, because then you get to get you know ETN and Saquon. Yeah, the Chargers game. If Mike is out, like that band of production is like super tight in terms of like DFS purposes. So you could always like if you don't stack it, just like take one or two of them to well as well and get like a lot of that production. Like Keenan might get you a large share of the Chargers production. Oh my God! Yeah, with with Mike out, especially yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Moving on to Baltimore at Cincy. Um, I had TBD when there was a chance of Lamar, but it sounds like he is out. So, yeah, got Cincy here. the The total has dropped. The spread has widened. So, yeah, it's yeah. This is another Bills Dolphins matchup in that one team is kind of floundering at quarterback, and that's it. Kind of sucks for for the viewer mostly, mm-hmm. um, but also the team that with with the backup yeah it does sound like it'll be tyler huntley at least um that is better (laughs) um so i i want to kind of there's there are some obvious points here but i want to kind of go through my rigmarole of uh how i think baltimore should attack this game so they so they're gonna be running out huntley i think they bust out a lot of 22 personnel here um like ricard two tight ends we like one wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like it's Demarcus Robinson, Prochet and Watkins. Like those are the three receivers. Yeah. So, and like, even then you might want to, like they might get in a third tight end or like a, or a six lineman. Cause like, you know, Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, like you may get them in for some deep shots, but without Lamar, like it's hot. Like if Lamar were there, I'd be like, okay, we're going to get a little more receiver work. But with Huntley in there, like I don't legit think they need to very much. Um, Gus has had been questionable. He's in the concussion protocol. I th- he got some practice in the day as part of like the progression of it. So keep an eye on him there. Um, I like Dobbins a lot, regardless. I put him as a banger, um, even though it's a tough, tough defense. They're gonna they're they rest him last week, and they're gonna need like a shitload of him this week. So. I'm just going to kind of start like reading off here. Um, like we're, we're going to get like as much of Dobbins as he can handle a lot of Gus, if he's active too and able to play. But I, I think primarily a good amount of Dobbins just for his like big playability. He's got the Bengals. They've got to start run D. So the Ravens want to get their offense going, which is pretty run based. They're going to have to go like super big and heavy. Um, I think likely offers enough as a receiver to play him over like those three other receivers we got. Um, and all, Oliver has been solid too. So like they could actually go like like I said twenty three or twenty two and a six lineman, and it would be super troll like in the sense of like the Belichick against the Bills that game. But I think it's kind of applicable here. Um, yeah. And I don't like I'm not not to like shit on Taylor, but like it would be like a really, and I I do think Lou could would because. Lou has been awesome. Like Lou Anarumo has been amazing at his like second half adjustments. Um, oh, for sure. Especially against the Ravens. Cause like we were, as we were digging through that the other day. Um, but what the Ravens want to do is keep this game high variance and like low possessions for each team. So like they, they want to eat up the clock, running the ball, like short passes, tight ends, you know, instead of, you know, each team getting eight possessions, keeping it to like six possessions and they have a better shot. Um, and, I don't know how likely, wink, wink, it is that they'll <laughs> they'll bust this out, but um, I, I think that's kind of like their shot at success is like some real troll shit like that. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, they're going to have to, you know, dig in deep to come up with a good game plan here. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what I expect them to do is what you're articulating out there is what they probably will do. And it will probably be effective, at least for the first half. Um, I don't know. It probably won't go all game. But this is why any team can win, right? Because Baltimore mm-hmm. could do that, and then maybe Burrow has one bad pick, or there's uh, a special teams play that goes wrong, and all of a sudden you're losing in the fourth, and you're like, how is this fucking possible? Yeah, but... Duvernay going down like for their special teams is a big shot. Yeah. Because he's been like a really good returner this year for them. The Bengals are most likely missing Kappa, which against the Ravens' defense does hurt. Yeah. So. Um, but ultimately, it's an uphill battle for Baltimore. They're mm-hmm. down a lot of people, including their number one wide receiver and number one quarterback and a couple linemen, some of their defense, maybe a corner or two. Like, it's just <laughs> not ideal. Yeah, like, I so I put Chase in here as a banger because he is almost certainly going to torch Peters and Mann at some point, <laughs> oh, <laughs> as God. he does, like, every game. Yeah. So... Uh, but I, I like I like Hurst here too. Um, as yeah. for for when the pressure does get there, quick target. So, and I if you're so okay, Mandrews is another one receiver here. Obviously, at this point, right. um, he got a lot of work against uh, I think it was Pittsburgh in the loss. Yeah, um, Huntley can at least get it to him. I think my second favorite pass catcher, if we're not counting Dobbins as one, is probably Isaiah Likely. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I expect it to be the tight ends. Yeah, he balled out last week when it was just him, but I, I don't see a reason to like not have him on the field a lot too. So get them both out there. But yeah. Manju's and likely Manju's can block, likely can catch, and the Manju's can also catch. Yeah, I don't know if likely can block, but he doesn't have to. How likely is this? <laughs> so it makes so many jokes with him. Likely can probably do wide receiver blocking. Like he could probably. I think create... I remember he is. A, he could run block well, but right. not pass block as well. Which pass blocking is the harder one? So for sure. But again, like if they're planning a run heavy game plan, having all three tight ends out there is not like a terrible plan. No, and put them out in front with Ricard at fullback. You're. I mean, who's gonna stop you? <laughs> like I really like. I want them to do that troll shit because I think it would be so fun to watch for, like, just the one game. Like, is this shit going to work? Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know if it'll work the whole game, but, like, I I think they will try it. I'm not sure, but... They kind of have they to. Will. Yeah, yeah, they, they have to. <laughs> so They, they kind of have to. They have to keep this low and gross. They, they got to make this just like a, a like slow cooker that someone left sitting out too long. Mm. But... Any, anything else in this game you want to get to? I, f- I feel like we kind of like we went through it pretty comprehensively. It's, it, there's not much to go through, I guess, without Lamar. No, the over unders tough. Um, if it was Anthony Brown, I'd be hitting the under. Mm-hmm. With with Huntley, forty and a half is fucking low. I might, I think I can hit over on that, even though I'm not super confident. Yeah, because that is also kind of implying like. The Ravens keeping the Bengals in check, too. It Exactly. But it is a gross AFC North matchup, and the Ravens' D has been pretty dang good, which yeah. is why it's a bummer there's a Lamar. But anyway, um, we've got our Monday night game here with Dallas at Tampa Bay. We both have Dallas. Um, total's 45 and a half. 
Dallas is two and a half point favorite. We both have them to cover. And this has shifted a little bit. It was like 45 and then Dallas minus three. So it shifted a little bit in favor of Tampa off, off of bets. But I feel like this is, I'm almost more confident in this than San Fran. I don't, that might be incorrect. It's probably about even, but I feel pretty good about Dallas here. Yeah, I do too. And I know the meme is that they're going to lose in the first round and that like they can do that. Trust me. I've watched it enough. They can definitely do that. But I'll tell you one thing that's more certain than the Cowboys losing in the first round of the playoffs. And that's that Todd Bowles is a shit head coach. <laughs> quote, quote me on it. I don't give a fuck. He's a bad head coach. That team is way underperforming. They're playing like shit. And quite frankly, the Buccaneers really shouldn't be in the playoffs at all. Um, I think Dallas is somewhat fraudulent, but I still think they should win this one. Mm-hmm. It's funny because in week one, I think this was a Thursday night game. Or it was very early. It was week one. Was it the game week. to start the year? I'm pretty sure. We were both on Tampa to upset Dallas right. in that first game. Right. And we're like, why is Dallas favored? Tampa's going to crush. And they did. Yeah. Um, Dallas <laughs> did nothing. But um, Tampa didn't do as much as <laughs> as they should have. And it hasn't really been that way all year. Except for, um, um, I guess, Carolina. Which, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think Dak did get hurt in that game though, but I can't remember when. Um, he did. He did not play the whole game. He yeah. played the first half, I think. Gotcha. And I know Gallup was out too in that game. Um, injury wise, I think everyone's all good. I I know aside from Tampa's line, their center position is Dookie. Um, their current center they're on. I think it's third center. I don't fucking know at this point. He's he's hobbled. He got a limited practice in today. I know. I think they designated Jensen to return, but I really doubt he's back. Um, I, I expect him to wild. sit. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure he's going to sit. Um, but it looks like they'll have Leighton Vander Esch, uh, the Cowboys. That was one of the big kind of things I was looking for. Um, for me, I wrote a lot. I wrote PPR in here a lot of times. Um, like I think we're going to get the PPR Lenny here. Um, <laughs> Gio Bernard is back, but I don't expect him to do a whole lot here. They got him some work last week. I think they get him kind of prep. Um, maybe we'll see him in like two-minute drill, but they've also got Rashad White. So I like Lenny PPR-wise. I like Gotham more than Evans here. I know like the the secondary matchup looks better for Evans, but Dallas gets pressure. Uh, the the yeah. Tampa line is like mostly healthy now. Like they're like they're I think they're on. Technically, aren't they on a backup tackle? But he's been playing most of the year, and he's solid enough. And then the center position has been a big issue. They were, but they have Worfs and Donovan Smith back and healthy. Okay. Now. So right right now it is just center that's yeah. hobbled. But center and um, I think left guard. Gotcha. Is it like Gadecki and someone else? That yeah. It's been. Yeah, it was Gadecki. Now I think it's Leverett. Gotcha. But T- Tampa's not been able to run all year. They keep trying no. it. Um, but with the pressure that Dallas gets, I think they're going to be forced into like a lot of quick throws, which is what Brady is good at right now. Um, and like, I really want, like, not want them, but they really should be running more no huddle than they are. Yeah. I think, I I feel like I remember Brady getting asked about that and he's like, yeah, I mean, you just, it it takes a lot out of you to run it, you know? Right. (laughs) But I think he was more so talking about like the linemen, I guess it seemed like, um, so in that vein, I do like Kate Otten here. He, he He's the number one tight end there now. Brady trusts him. So I think those three guys are like the main 
receivers for Brady here, and it's going to be a lot of dink and dunk. Yeah, I agree. I don't really like Mike Evans. I do like Kate Otten, and I like Fournette to catch passes. And um, I think Brady probably throws a pick, at least one. Like, I'm yeah. almost positive what's-his-name is going to pick off Brady, Trayvon Diggs. Diggs. Yeah. yeah. Like, Matt Evans can definitely beat Diggs some, it's like, but my concern is, like, does it connect? Like, right. it all worked out against Carolina, but <laughs> it hadn't the whole year, basically. I actually think this is another game where it's likely where the Buccaneers start off and they win the first half, and... um. Todd Bowles forgets what second half adjustments are. Dallas just kind of comes back and they've won kind of like how they did against a lot of other teams this year where they didn't look great, but they do come back there at the end and put it together. Mm-hmm. So who, who do you like here on Dallas? Who's who, who are you going to? I have a few. Um, I don't, I think Dak does fine, but I, I'm playing other guys if I'm doing DFS lineup. So he's kind of off for me. I don't hate him. I just think there's better options. So that's the first one I'll start with. Um, Tampa's corners are getting healthier, which is a little concerning. I don't really like Gallup, but I do think CD can exploit some of the problems in their coverage. So I do like CD Lamb a little bit more. And I really like Schultz. Mm-hmm. Same. Always. The running backs is where it gets dicey because it's, it's the running backs. I kind of think I would roll with Pollard. I don't know if I like Zeke. I'm, I'm in the same boat. The, Tam- the Tampa run is really good. Like, I, I, I'm, I've got Zeke as a mash and Pollard. It was bad. PBR it got better. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It was really bad. I think it was the Chiefs game where we're like, oh my god, their run D is trash. So, and then whatever the Germany game was, it started to get Seattle, better. yeah. Yeah, yep. they they were the, the Tampa D had a brief bit where they were just like so banged up. Yeah. The whole team was just like in big oof territory. Like <laughs> the only thing that makes me think Zeke might be okay is if Dallas is just sort of controlling the game there at the end. Mm-hmm. They might just be able to get a lot of chunk plays with Zeke. Yeah, he's a runner because he's again, as I've said, a billion times, he's a very sound runner. So they'll definitely get him involved, like to run the clock out. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm leaning in a 23-16 Dallas win. That means I probably like the kickers in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, a her, a her. I'm taking the under Dallas to cover, Dallas to win, and Tampa to lose Brady, but Brady not to retire. Oh, he's gonna leave. Going he's next. gonna leave the Buccaneers, but he's not gonna retire yet. Watch him go to the Jets. It would not be the worst situation. Though how would, they how would you just, feel? They just fired Lafleur, so that kind of sucks because I think him and Lafleur probably are on a, the same page of how to run an offense. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I guess for the Jets, it probably depends on who they bring in for OC. It might be like a joint decision too on like quarterback OC. Um, I did also want to mention uh, on the Dallas side, uh, Noah Brown and T.Y. Hilton as uh, guys who are going to get, you know, a lot of times an easier corner matchup if uh, CD is drawing the better corner. And uh, if this, this is Monday night, so it'll be, there will be a showdown slate for this. So I, I wanted to throw some options out there. I had some intrigue in for showdown um, if you're going that route. I really like Schultz. He's probably my favorite of the pass catchers. 
Because like I mean, yeah. Tampa's secondary, they have good guys and they have a they have really good safeties as well. So like, there's going to be a lot of double teaming and a lot of good coverage, but Schultz gets the most free looks. Yeah, I'm like I'm pretty not into this game for the all weekend slate. Oh no, me neither. Because I'm going <laughs> under. I think it's kind of a letdown. It's Monday night ESPN huge game. Pfft. Yeah. No, it's gonna it's gonna be somewhat of a defensive struggle. Like it, yeah, <laughs> hilariously. Exactly. I think exactly. um if I'm looking at this game for the all weekend, I think honestly, like Fournette uh would might be my favorite. Like if you're on DraftKings, he's only fifty three hundred. Um he's actually a hundred less than Jeff Wilson. So you can get some cheap PPR value out of him. Um CD Lamb's obviously CeeDee Lamb. Like he's good at football. But <laughs> Like I don't even Pollard don't have a ton of interesting because I like a lot of the other other running back options better. Um, trying to see if there's anything DFS wise I missed that I wanted to get to. I I, sh- um, I want to mention really quickly that Tom Brady leads the league in passing attempts with over 730. Yeah, didn't he uh, break his own completions record? He did. He yeah. also <laughs> is one of the worst in the NFL in average passes like yards attempt. It's like six yeah. six. He's been so dink and dunk. It's yeah vintage brady dink and dunk <laughs> yeah that's why very long shot again so just recently getting sports betting in ohio as of you know 12 days ago not even um i don't have you know a ton of experience in this but one thing i took some nice long odds on was a parlay of um brady completions 35 and over which is a lot He's got like I think he's got like four games of hitting that and like two games of thirty four. So it's not like it's kind of tough. That that's it's that, that's like a plus nine hundred part of it. But then I took Fournette um, over fifty four and a half receiving yards to kind of like stack that a little bit. So we'll see how that goes. Again, long odds, not you know feeling like it's those like I, I'll I'll put like I, my unit more or less is ten bucks like what I'm betting without like their free bets and stuff like 10 bucks is kind of my baseline of okay like I'm making a long odds bet I'll put 10 bucks on this as my like one unit of it right. um I do want to share uh on the pot here some some of the nice hits I had from the um Packers Lions game also go Lions thank you for keeping the Packers out of the playoffs that was amazing. I, I want to mention that that was lovely. Jamal Williams' post-game interview was fucking awesome. <laughs> was so fucking funny. He's like, like crying, and then he's like, we're all dogs up in here. <laughs> Don't let these tears fool you. That was amazing. So, um, yeah, Jamal helped me out a lot on my parlays. So, I had one. It gave me like a $50 max wager on it. I got the double odds boost on a same-game parlay. It was Jamal Williams' anytime touchdown scorer. Christian Watson, I took his alternate over uh, 79 and a half receiving yards. And then Khalif Raymond, his alternate over 44 and a half, that hit. Um, he had incentives of like getting 50 yards. So I went for that one. And then Jamal Williams needed just two touchdowns to break Barry Sanders' record. Christian Watson just had a good matchup. And then on FanDuel, I had a Christian Watson over 52 and a half. And then the Jamal Williams to score twice. Um, <laughs> that was plus uh, 768. And I used the the free two hundred dollar bet they gave, so that paid out like fifteen hundred. The other one paid out like two thousand. So those are some nice, some nice, some nice do hickey hits over the weekend, you know. Yeah, man. It was lovely, but um, but yeah. So this DFS slate, all weekend wise, um, 
it's a little tough to like get the all weekend. Like I, I kind of talked about my favorite stacks I like. Um, running back wise, it's really tough for me to get away from McCaffrey even on the all weekend slate. I think second running back gets a little more interesting. I think Jeff Wilson actually might be my favorite second running back just because he's so cheap. Yeah, he will. This be is really DraftKings. Yeah. Um, receiver. I mean, that was a tougher one. Like pri- pricing is a little like depressed overall. Like you've got. 8.4k Jefferson, 8k Jamar Chase, like Tyreek Hill at 7.9. If Teddy plays, is gonna like no one's gonna play him, so he gets interesting. And Jalen Waddle is only 6.6. And like one thing I'm really interested in is potentially, and this might be what I end up doing, is kind of pushing this back a bit to to Sunday if I'm doing the all weekend slate and seeing if um if Teddy plays and stacking this game because it's expensive. But you're gonna get like really, really low roster percentage on these Dolphins receivers, so that's yeah. true. Tight ends, Kittle. <laughs> um, yeah. If it's not him, it's Hawk. I think it's pretty much where I'm going with it. Um, defense. I mean, just pick, just pick a defense. Doesn't fucking matter. Um, I think the Dallas defense is a good call. Yeah, they're kind of expensive. They're 3,400. Yeah, but that game to me is one of the lowest scoring. Uh, since these defense would also work. Yeah, they're thirty five hundred, forty hours to thirty six hundred. Um, the Ravens at twenty five hundred and the Bucks at twenty six hundred. I don't hate those. Yeah, not that I like them, but you're saving a whole thousand there, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Bengals are gonna blow out the Ravens, even if like the Ravens just have a lot of good players on their defense. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's a good chance they can get five points. Um, Jags are 2,700 as well. They, they might end up being my Saturday slate defense. Ooh. Because they're that same price on the Saturday slate. Then uh, on Super Draft, I wanted to get there because that's one of our, one of the, the niche things we get to. I haven't looked at the other stuff yet, but Saturday slate for them, um, the multipliers kind of suck, but if you do want to get weird at running back, you can go to Jamichael Hasty at 1.65. <laughs> but I'll probably just play McCaffrey at one and then either ETN at 1.05 or like Walker at 1.1. Um, receiver, they've got some guys down at 1.65. Uh, Josh Palmer at 1.65 with Mike out is like a lock for me, honestly. Marvin yeah. Jones at 1.65. Again, you're just getting guys who are going to play at 1.65. Um, What's Christian Kirk's multiplier? He's only, he's 1.1. Ooh, I was gonna um, say like 1.3. That that's that's not very good. Yeah, it's, there's like there's no one else really like. It's weird. Ayuk at 1.15 is like the highest viable until you randomly get into 1.65. I don't know what they've been doing lately, but um. <laughs> so it's pretty much like play those two high up guys and then pick like someone else you like. Um, tight end. I'm just going Kittle at 1x. Yeah. Yeah. There's no one else really worth kind of going there. Quarterback gets a little trickier because um, you've got Purdy at 1.25 um, and then you've got Lawrence and Gino at 1.1 and then Herbert at 1. So Yeah, the quarterback one is interesting. Um... My my first thing I did was I went like Purdy, CMC, Kittle um, and then I just kind of filled it in from there. <laughs> How do you feel about Kirk? Kirk Cousins or Christian Kirk? Kirk Cousins. Um, in, in context of a DFS site or just in general this weekend? In uh, context of a DFS site, is he cheap? Is he expensive? So let me look at... Uh, so Superdraft has has it pretty much separated into two slates. Um, oh, on Superdraft, by the way, Sunday slate, they fucked up and Daniel Jones is 1.65, so you lock him in. Lock um, him in. 
right now. Because then, because Kirk Cousins is like one point two, and then it's everyone else like is lower. Okay. So, um, Huntley's one point six five two. You could go him, but I would prefer oh, Dimes. I'm going definitely doing Danny Dimes. Yeah, doing the dimes. Um, doing the dimes. Yeah, they don't really have an all weekend slate there. So yeah, D- Dimes is kind of the lock there uh, at quarterback. Um, on DraftKings though, hmm. So I I do actually. I think I have him on my Sunday slate lineup because he is only 5,900. So I was going to say, if Kirk is cheap, he's fine because he's going to get second half passing. Yeah, he, so he he's on my uh, Sunday lineup because um, he and Dimes are like almost the same price. Let's see. Yeah, he's 5,900. Dimes is 5,600. I feel like a lot more people are going to go to Dimes. So Right. But, like, I mean, you can play either in that game stack, though. Because right now I've got, like, Cousins, Jefferson, Hawkinson running back with Slayton. So, and, like, but you can do that easily, though, if you just play, like, Dobbins and Jeff Wilson from the Sunday lineup. So, right. But, you know, I, I like Kirk a lot. Um, for, Honestly, for this one or for the all weekend. Kirk. Yeah. On the, on the all weekend one, I maybe, it's tough because, like I said, I wanted to, like, look at the Buffalo one for the Dolphins guys. But that might be, honestly, that might be better to do on this one just because, this this Sunday only site is going to be so concentrated on this game that having a Dolphins is going to be super unique. I think on the uh, six gamer, it's not like you know, there's more options, so it's not going to be as concentrated on this game. There's going to be a lot on the uh, Saturday night game too. I think. Right. So, yeah, I love playoff DFS. It's like my favorite time of year because you get the short slate. You can really like play into the leverage stuff and the stuff that like. If you take your time and dig in, and it looks like some stuff should happen, like, a lot of times that stuff happens. Like, there's fuckery, of course. It's football, but... Right. Yeah. Are you are you getting into the DFS this weekend, or are you just, are you just sticking with your bets? Oh, I'll do the DFS, too, but got the bets done first. What are, what are some of the bets you got put in while you were uh, over in Virginia? Well, I did one that was just a parlay of all my picks. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that's just fun. I did a Travis yeah. CTN two time touchdown score. Um, I did a Herbert rushing touchdown. Nice. Let's see. What, uh, what odds did you get on your, uh, parlay of your six picks? Uh, God, I don't even know. It was plus like 900 or so. Yeah. If you have one upset in, in your parlay, you can usually plus it up pretty quickly. Right. I want to say it was around like plus eight to nine hundred. Yeah, let me see. Yeah, let me see what it is right now. If we put this in, yeah, Vikings aren't big favorites. Um, yeah, right now Fanduel gives plus eight eight fifty six on on those picks. So yeah, that's right. yep, that's it. Mm-hmm. And it's grown a little bit throughout the day as we've gotten more confirmation on on the no Lamar. So you got it. You got it a little a little, a little early. A little early. Got a little better odds. Yeah, I was. I wish I lived uh, in Virginia so that when we were all placing bets on the Bengals earlier in the week. To, I could have done that. Yeah, I'm so I'm so glad I came to Ohio. I'm trying like I know my bread and butter is DFS, so I'm trying to keep it like kind of limited. But in a sense, I feel like it's helping me out a little bit in DFS. In the sense of if I like a matchup, but the DFS price is terrible, or like it doesn't make sense DFS theory wise, I can just go make a prop bet. Right. I like the prop bets. Yeah. What? So I've I don't know how true this is, but. I've heard and read that that's the softer part of the market because like spreads, totals, all that money lines are like pretty dang right. accurate, especially as you get late in the season. 
because there's just so much volume on it. I don't I don't know how heavy people get into prop bets. So yeah, it feels like the part of betting that is a lot less um, stable on their end. Like they just don't have as much I don't know background information to come up with something that's difficult to bet on. Yeah, and like with and your with... odds are really ridiculous. So. You know, a lot mm-hmm. people put a lot of money on prop bets and don't win them. But if you really know what you're doing, and there are a few guys that you're looking for, it can be really good. Mm-hmm. But anyway, thank you all for tuning in to our super duper deep dive into these playoff games. We managed to uh, take six games pretty long, but we got roll roll into it. Um, this will be to the playoffs. You can just kind of dig dig dig. We we'll only have four games the following week, and it whittles down as we go. So thank you for tuning in. Um, thank you for joining us for this playoff run in this regular season that is now concluded. You can find us online at mozzieandthemuscle.com and on Twitter at mozzieandmuscle.